See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, then Jingle All the Way is currently on Disney+. Plus. If that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Welcome to See It or Screw It. My name's TJ Davis, he, him pronouns alongside. I'm Emily Schick, and my pronouns are she and her. I'm Dan Murphy, he, him. Hi, I'm Porek, he, him. And on this holiday or holiday, we are doing the 1996... I want to say, yeah, 96. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, American Christmas Family Comedy, directed by Brian Levant. <laughs> you might know him as the director of Beethoven and Problem Child 2 and the oh. Flintstones. And Ow. Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas. Oh, wow. He did both Flintstones movies. That's sad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Jingle All the Way is the movie we're talking about, starring Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Uh I don't know. Like the cast in this is actually kind of impressive. There's like a whole who's who of like people in this because yeah, I mean the cast is is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sinbad, Phil Hartman, Rita Wilson, uh, Jake Lloyd, Jim Belushi. Like you know, I mean, like they're all the future Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's interesting. Like like uh, I think I saw somewhere they were pointing out there's a lot of like like backronym jokes that would be inserted because like you know he says that like they could have made light of the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger says I'm your father to Anakin Skywalker in this movie it's just he wasn't Anakin Skywalker yet mm-hmm. so. well even mm-hmm. though the Flintstones was terrible it was actually a huge hit so I, I he had some cachet coming into this one probably and that's oh yeah and that's largely how he got this movie made yeah yeah also I find it really weird this is the only Christmas movie that Schwarzenegger's ever done I figured hmm. he would have cashed in on like something. Well, I mean, it's 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 kind of an interesting casting situation because like there's really no reason for Schwarzenegger to play this role. Like he's fine, but like it doesn't really like lean into kind of the shit that he's known for. I mean, I guess the Turbo Man stuff a little bit at the end, but like honestly, like, you can kind of have anyone do that. I so. mean, there's more fight sequences than you probably would have if it was someone else. You know, like with all the the other Santas there's that whole part which kind of feels like tailored to him a little bit um like the the idea that he could somehow survive against like 50 people i don't think you'd be able to do that with like charles groden or whatever it wouldn't it wouldn't make as much sense but for the most part like although i would rather i would rather see charles groden do that though yeah well i feel like he would just talk his way out of it right or figure a way out that way as opposed to kind of like actually getting in on the action or and you know yeah you could do it but like i feel like they at least tried a little bit um but not not super hard but like there's a couple things where it's like okay i guess there's a reason but he wanted like he said himself that he just wanted to do a regular ass guy role like he just wanted to be a plain guy which is hilarious because you know he can't be (laughs) (laughs) but that's what makes it it funnier to me like oh it it totally does i mean i I think so like yeah the more mundane the situation you put him in it's kind of the funnier it gets to me it's like why we're like in the middle of minnesota and there's this giant austrian guy who's like i don't know (laughs) i'm just an american joe he's giving off his like all american tommy Wiseau vibes like, yeah, part yeah. Of this movie. <laughs> like... oh yeah america just as american as tommy Wiseau. but like i would say he's pretty on in this like I, I said the same when we were watching it and it's like it's it's a pretty thankless 
not much going on there but like he's always like adding in his dumb ad-lib noises like wow 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 <laughs> you know like jerry lewis like an austrian jerry lewis yeah and, no there's uh, a lot of like overacting that this movie leans into that like honestly he saves kind of like okay for this like i mean it's weird because it's just like he he's capable of acting in the right ways cast the right roles but when he's so like hilariously miscast in this the fact that he just leads into it it's great so yeah i think that's oh, season well and i think this works better than most of his comedies which are trash you know yeah. like i think it's only this um and twins that are kind of bearable and, i don't know junior uh, has its moments I could never get along with Junior, and uh, I don't have much time for the other one. What's it? Um, I'd be curious to rewatch Junior now, though. I mean, yeah, yeah me I haven't seen a long time. Oh, Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten, Kindergarten Cop, Cop is, is just a pretty total misfire. Yeah, it's it makes no sense. Some um, good lines come out but of it. Again, like, yeah, it's I got mean, some it's... good moments, but like it's not a very good watch either. No, I mean, and that's the that's the appeal of Junior too. Is it's a lot of just like like we have a quote, uh, we have like the audio clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying this ridiculous line. Who is your daddy? And, and what does he do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. It's not a tumor. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> bullshit. <Yeah. laughs> but like, I was even chatting with Amelia about this. I, I don't know what you meme from Jingle All the Way though. Like, it's just largely, it's largely unoffensive, except for, like, the weird subplot of, you know, Phil Hartman trying to cuck him. Um, but, Phil like, so great and so 90s, oh, and, Phil and I so love great it. In this. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it, but it's like a plot, you know, at the end of the day, it's a plausible villain role. And I love how, like, Rita Wilson's just really having none of it from the off until she just eventually hits him you know because he's a piece of shit uh but like uh he is just absolutely shit-eating grin in that way that only he could do like the two of them are making are bringing this from like a four you know four out of ten to a six out of ten for me just through sheer charisma alone as they often do like and the oh, reason yeah. I why mean, I like, watch them in movies that are not exactly like stellar movies you know oh i was like, looking honestly... through fucking phil hartman's catalog and oh, it's like there is so much shit that he's in but like even the shit that he's in he is still like a shining light yeah he gave it his all like turn. whatever he's doing you know so fair play like there's certain people who have that yeah i mean i feel like everyone in this movie knows what movie they're in and they're just having fun with it um and like i you know i mean i guess like some of the reviews at the time were like that that the tone's all over the place and it totally misses the mark with its satire and it's just like they're not wrong on either point but like oh it, it's so close to having a great like anti-capitalist message but it's and not it just there. pulls back yeah it, like right at the end you know well, I mean, it's it's also it, just like I feel like like our attitude towards the commercialization of Christmas has like shifted to way more in favor of it in the 20 plus years this since this movie came out which is like kind of depressing but it's just like well yeah it's a christmas movie of course it's super capitalist it's kind of like our attitude now and god are the yeah. times in which like you'd have like a moral message in your christmas movie so... yeah even the fact oh, that yeah. it slightly dances with it might as well be seen as like massively uh yeah massively subversive impressive. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it 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 does t it's like trying to do an anti-capitalist thing but like the moral of the story is if you believe in capitalism hard enough 
you become a superhero. <laughs> You'll get picked and your dad will be a superhero. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you compare this to, like, the horribleness that is Jim Carrey's The Grinch, and it's just, like, this, like, hits those notes way better than The Grinch does, and The Grinch, like, the original source material is super anti-capitalist, but, like, the movie, like, wasn't willing to go there, and it's just a mess. So I mean, we've proven that none of this shit works anyway, so just make a fun movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's fair every everyone everyone's just rolling around like for barbie right now rightly so it's hilarious it's great it has good messages it's still like we have we've gone so far beyond the looking glass here as far as like consumerism and capitalism it's like this shit you know like good i like i'll enjoy it me personally i'll enjoy an anti-capitalist message in a movie but like i think we're kind of kidding ourselves if it's like act, you know it's just another thing that's being sold oh, yeah. to us and that's you know it is no right. i mean it's hilarious the the product placement in barbie is really interesting because they draw attention to a lot of failed products that exist but then there's a ton of real products and in, including like like, you know, I think, what is it, a Nissan Rogue? Whatever car America Ferrara drives, like, they go out of their way to try and make that car look cool. And it's mm. like, why? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny, honestly. Oh, man. Failed Barbie products. I, I didn't know about Alan, but now I love Alan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, Ken's clothes fit him. <laughs> I, I, I will be watching... Barbie probably around the time when I'm releasing this episode because I have still yet to see it, but it'll be on Max today. Nice. nice. Enjoy it. Yeah. I, like I, it. I laughed a lot. It's wonderful. It's very, very, very funny, I thought. Um, but we're not talking about that movie. We're talking nope. about Jingle All the Way. Yep. Talking Jingle about all Jingle the All the Way. Since we're getting off topic, it's probably time to get into the plot. Uh workaholic minneapolis mattress salesman howard langston uh love at the beginning he he's signing arnold schwarzenegger he's doing his <laughs> autograph oh is while he? he's signing papers yeah nice. yeah uh, i mean again this movie is well very spotted. like yeah there's, there's a lot of like like jokes that it's just like it's very aware that you're watching a movie and it's just like just accept the fact that you're watching a movie we're not really gonna try too hard with the suspension of disbelief <laughs> i'm oh, here doing yeah. business and my business it is Signing yeah. papers. I love that scene. I don't know why. Yeah, I love I love how they As a play up the fact salesman. That, yeah, yeah. I love how they play up that he's a workaholic. And then my honestly, best other, than, other than that first like 10 minutes, he doesn't really mention his job ever again. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, you get it. <laughs> I think he's just hiding away doing blow in there, you know. And we just saw the last like five minutes of the day where he's like, Yes, excellent, I love you. <laughs> You're my number one customer. <laughs> <laughs> um well he loves his wife liz and six-year-old son jamie but rarely finds time for them he is often put in a bad light by his neighbor divorcee ted malton uh yeah we've got rita wilson the once and future anakin uh and the late and great phil hartman uh, who harbors unrequited feelings for Liz. You see, I don't even think it's unrequited feelings. I think it's more forbidden fruit mentality. That's yeah, like just all, the other, all, all the other, other all the other women, like, all the other women like, are throwing themselves at him except for her. So he wants her because he can't have her. Yeah, he's yeah, got some real divorced dad is. energy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is I get the impression that he got like 
the best settlement in the world because it looks like he has full custody of his kid. He got the house. Like, like it just seems like, like, and yeah, like he's not shown working at all. So it's like, yeah, like, how much of a piece of shit is his ex-wife? Considering yeah. that, like, men actually do to kind of get shafted by the system, especially then. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that or how how good was his lawyer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just seems like I. I very like I love the fact that he is not shown work. I mean, I guess this takes place over the course of December 23rd and December 24th, which are days that the that would make sense for him not to be working, but like it really looks like he has no job whatsoever. It's I think what like, makes it feel more like that is that he's at the basketball game, like you yeah. know, or the kids' basketball game. Or the karate or the karate, karate yeah, the karate yeah. turn um exhibition like, which was random as hell but all right he's like my job is servicing all of the all of the moms in my in the neighborhood so i thought the implication by uh the other chicks like showing him the baked goods was that he had already been with them but are you guys more under the impression that um they're, oh, actually, like, they're trying to get him with i don't them. know they're if they've necessarily been with him but okay like, like yeah i mean and it's also interesting that he's the only like you know Oh, he's the only dad other than Arnold Schwarzenegger depicted living in the neighborhood, um, because like there are no other dads at the karate at the karate exhibition. Um, I figured like he's because he's so uh, duplicitous and lies about everything that he's kind of like getting some from everyone and giving them the idea that because he is like rich that you know. Um, I mean, theoretically, they could like theoretically, they could them. all just be paying him. To, like. <laughs> Yeah, he's the neighborhood gigolo. Or yeah. it's it's not even maybe it's not even that he's like uh you know having sex with them and like doing it well. It's more of like oh, he's so good at taking out my trash or hanging that thing that I can't like, you know, reach or something. Like they're all just like all of this stuff that my husband doesn't do for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll never know, sadly. Yeah, I mean, they could have played it but up. I, I, I think that it. they played up fine in this. Like, I don't know. I just—he's so sleazy and so good in this. Oh, it's so perfect. After missing Jamie's karate class graduation, Howard resolves to redeem himself by filling his Christmas wish for a Turbo Man action figure, a popular television hero. Despite Liz actually having asked him to buy one two weeks earlier, which Howard forgot about. Also, like, he's got an office as a mattress salesman. Doesn't he have, like, a secretary? Like, isn't this, like, the job of the secretary when you're a busy businessman? I mean, mm. in the 90s, yes, but, in but like, honestly, your secretary should not be running personal errands for you. Um, no, but, but like... like it, yeah, that, that's why they're called personal assistants now. Yeah. All right, so a personal assistant at the time, 96. We're, we're operating on 96 logic. Yeah, like, I'm I mean, just like, thinking. I'm thinking like liar, liar. How you know the um, his secretary always had like the gifts ready. Something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just generally speaking, like I feel like I, his character is almost like teed up for failure by his wife. So like, like it just seems like I. Two weeks is actually kind of like considering how hot this toy is supposed to be. Two weeks notice still really isn't enough, and like I'm trying to think of the situation where it makes sense for him to go to a toy store, but like, 
I mean, they, it's just one like would it's think just that his business the in the city. Yeah. So and closer to a toy closer store. Closer to a toy store, yeah. And if she's home with the kid, she can't really go and do it. So Yeah. The I kid is it. school age. Though. Well, he wouldn't be in school if, if it's like Christmas break. 23rd or December, yeah. yeah. But like, it's not expressed that she has a job either. No. So she could have gone any other time. Well, I mean, it's also like, like it's very interesting. I mean, again, I, I think you're right that to think that the toy store is in proximity and this is before you order everything online. Um, it's also, you know, reasonable to believe that this isn't the only gift they intend to get their son. So theoretically, no, a, a bunch of other shop, a, a bunch of other shopping has already been done. So like, I mean, it's probably a situation where this toy literally came out two weeks ago and there was like a brief period before it like disappeared off of shelves and then everyone started you know killing themselves like uh you know oh, the tickle Elmos and cabbage back dolls and all the other bullshit that this film is kind of referencing that well still... it's, it's not actually referencing tickle me elmo because tickle me elmo happened after this film came yeah. out yeah like, which this film was like a november release and tickle me elmo happened like a week later yeah which is awesome like good tie-in <laughs> All right. On Christmas Eve, Howard sets out to buy the toy, but finds that every store is sold out and in the process develops a rivalry with Myron Larrabee, a postal worker father with the same goal. Um, I do love the uh, first uh, film appearance of Chris Parnell. Yeah. Like a, a yeah young little baby face Chris Parnell. Yeah. I mean, that was be like, was he on SNL at the time when this came no. out? No, this is yeah. before that. This is uh, long before that. Yeah. That's kind of one of my favorite scenes in this movie, or the one that hits the hardest for me is just everyone screaming, laughing at them. For I don't know. I mean, so quiet. much of this is just like I love how they designed pretty much every set to just like collapse onto the actors. Of yeah. like, you just have like like aisles full of toys that are just designed to just fall all on top of someone. Like, I don't know. There's a lot yeah, of they stupid slapstick, well. slapstick in this that worked for me though i get it that other people think it's just dumb but it's just like this oh, is it's the, funny this what is I the like... good kind of slapstick that like generally speaking it's you know it doesn't look like the stunt hurt that much um and like the people who it's happening to are generally well off and you know so it's not like i, I, I kind of disagree and that the reason it works is well yeah they don't yeah. they don't the people who get hurt are usually the people you want to get hurt yeah uh, well the other like, one really I think it is because cop. it they feel like real hits like home alone it's like it actually feels painful when people like but in a cartoony way yeah. like you know it's if, very Luna, cartoony. if bug bunny bugs yeah. bunny hits someone with a pan it's it's like a very aggressive but it's still funny because of the way it's depicted and like home alone works that way the first one anyway and the second one it goes like the second one is a disaster yeah (laughs) where they're throwing bricks at people's heads uh, 100 stories up but you know i mean actively enticing them into this abandoned building to try and cause bodily harm to them like very much the collector yeah Yeah. (laughs) i was gonna say he s he his uh, the escalation between those movies shows like his transition towards becoming the collector i mean i I don't know i mean i just feel like so much of this slapstick in this movie is setting up intricate displays and then watching them get destroyed like and that's that's kind of what is it's just like let's have this giant it, it like this giant stand of cardboard boxes and have it fall on people and it's just like yeah that's funny 
So. It was yeah, funny like, in the silent movie, and it still is. Yeah. It's like toy dominoes. Yep. All right. In desperation, Howard attempts to buy a figure from a counterfeit ring run by con men dressed as dressed in Santa suits, which results in a massive fight in which the warehouse is broken up by the police. Jim uh, Belushi for some reason. <laughs> yeah. The, the less funny Belushi has one of the Santas. Uh, Vern Troyer as the mini Santa. Uh, Who's the huge uh, Santa? Uh, yeah, he's a wrestler. I can't remember his name. But, like, he, he was a wrestler of that time. Yeah. Like, the giant. I don't know. Yeah. Andre the Giant? No, it wasn't no. Andre the Giant, because Andre the Giant was, like... Oh, is it Big, Big Show? Yeah, yeah, that's who it is. Big Show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Howard narrowly escapes arrest by posing as an undercover officer. Like, how fucking dumb are these cops? Like they're very like they're very keystone, and so yeah. I guess that's which is great. You know, yeah, I, I mean, like, in like I, yeah, because as I yeah, I don't know, I watch the the clip from the Batman, and I'm just like Jesus Christ, just play the Benny Hill music. It's so stupid when he escapes the police station. It's so dumb. Uh, it's just like how did people like this movie? It's it's awful. So I like that movie I'm, a lot. I'm glad I haven't seen it. Uh, also, would it would it make it better if it had the Benny Hill music? Oh, absolutely. Like, like it's, it's just like the cops look so like Gotham police are supposed to be corrupt, not incompetent. And like the police in that movie are incompetent. And it's just like, it's well, so frustrating. But, but I mean, you know, they can overlap, a, but yeah. I say cops in general are pretty incompetent. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my take on that one. <laughs> They're corrupt and incompetent. They can be two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're supposed to lean more towards corrupt, not. Well, that's your vision of what. I don't know. Mean. I mean, this is the me, new I've movie that liked, is its own thing. I think Harvey Bullock's a really interesting character, and he's he's he corrupt and lazy. He's not incompetent. Oh, so lazy. So lazy. <laughs> you want me to do two things? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, exhausted at his failure and out of fuel, Howard goes to a diner and calls home, intending to tell Liz the truth. Um, I also love that him pushing the car is supposed to be like an homage to him in Commando. Oh, well, nice. I mean, I, I feel I like there's notice that as a like, huge I remember, Commando. Fan. I thought there was as when well, I thought I, I don't remember seeing it. Like I remember when I first saw it, I thought there was a bit when he goes to the like the one of the toy stores says they're out of stock but they might have some later and and he says like uh maybe be back you know it's like right. like they do like a half-assed reference to terminator i don't remember actually seeing it when i rewatched it but I, I i feel like they tried to have like those references in there to his past films because they again, put that in everything i usually yeah. it annoys me like I'd rather i mean this not. movie is very like i doesn't try to hide the fact that it's Arnold Schwarzenegger as Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really funny, actually. Jamie answers the phone, but keeps reminding him of his promise to be home in time for the annual holiday wintertainment parade. That name is just way too long. So uh, stupid. I also love that it's the 19th annual. It's just like that seems like too short of a period of time. Like I feel like they should have been doing it for like, you know, 50 years, not 19. I mean, it's like late 70s then. So the first one would have been like 77. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense because everyone was like, oh, my God, the bicentennial was awesome. Let's have parades all the time. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, Losing his patience, Howard yells at Jamie and he feels guilty and depressed after Jamie scolds him for not keeping his promises. He should. Turbo Man always keeps his promises. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that quote. I'm just like, what is it? If you want to keep your friends, keep your promises. There's some total bullshit. Oh, it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> Such an awful quote. <laughs> uh Howard finds Myron at the diner and they share their experiences over coffee, where Myron tells him of his resentment towards his own father for failing to get him the Johnny Seven OMA. One man army. Which apparently is like a real thing. Yep, it's yes. a real toy that was actually really hot in the 60s. <laughs> Seven guns all in one. It's like kind of like an AK with a rocket launcher looking thing on the top of it. Oh, it's a grenade launcher. Anti-tank yeah, it, rocket. Look, it looks pretty Armor sweet. Piercing. It's just a bunch of like spring-loaded in plastic bits, it looks like. Yeah, Yeah, I would have been hyped for this as well. Really oh, love yeah. the, uh, the, the logo writing as well. It's got that oh yeah, I mean, it's also one of those style. things that like, yeah, parents in the 90s would be like, yeah, this is too dangerous. You're, you'll shoot your eye out. We're never allowing it to be produced again. So. but that but you know but of course is if it's foam then it's perfectly safe mm -hmm. new this christmas <laughs> yeah nerf nerf rpg <laughs> i mean nerf has done a weird has really gotten ahead of the the parents should hate us for this shit uh, <laughs> because like yeah like all the spring-loaded like all the toy guns that i remember growing up with it was like spring-loaded like plastic bits they like never have those in toys anymore. Now everything nope. has to have the stupid like uh, orange plastic bit on the on the muzzle. Like, well, it's because really cops are fucking frightened of everything and everyone. So you see it's a child with a realistic looking gun. If it doesn't have that orange bit, you might shoot the kid. I mean, you yeah, might just I shoot mean, the kid anyway. But my, my totally see through water pistol that squirted water is totally possibly a gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, is your water pistol full of soy sauce? Because then that might look like a real gun. Oh, that's that a really good idea, hilarious. actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I want to put I want. OK, now I want one of those cheapy things like water, like water pistol things, but like fill it with soy sauce. And then it's like, hey, folks, we're having sushi tonight. Squirt. Yes. I mean, it seems like a pretty good dispenser for sushi, for, for soy sauce on sushi. Yeah. Yeah. My super soaker as a kid was my pride and joy. Oh man, I used that thing until it broke. So much fun. <laughs> super soaker full of piss. And then they, uh, yeah, Why they I don't put, hand I out never... squirt guns at uh, at Rocky Horror anymore. It definitely <laughs> puts something weird in there, but not pee pee. I can't remember what it was. Something gross, but um, that didn't help it last much longer. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but it wasn't like ketchup. Something like more watery than that yeah, some, water some condiment will wear down wear them down and if you put anything else in there oh man you're just asking for trouble so i mean Definitely. soy sauce feels like the logical answer yeah soy sauce yeah. is right but you know i come from a rural irish family we weren't worcestershire sauce we're, we're not english either malt vinegar <laughs> we didn't have the most english sauce that ever english ever. potatoes <laughs> <What's this sauce? laughs> yeah, like, potatoes right, right. Uh, the, the broth from a uh, fucking uh boiled dinner yeah it was just a big cabbage and ham uh, <laughs> in, a, in a blender 
<laughs> I mean, that would be, I know, you've actually given me a great idea because that is like some of the worst smelling shit on, on the planet. <laughs> like that is like basically a new kind of war crime. If you put that in the super soaker and started getting people with it. A, a yeah, ca- cabbage water sounds pretty awful. Uh, it's, and I like fish water from nasty. boiled fish. That, yeah, fish water from worse. boiled fish, even worse. I should I'd like, worry, I'd next worry time about I go back to Ireland, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll bring it and just spray it all over my parents' house as <laughs> vengeance for making me grow up smelling those smells. And then their house gets like, it's like, a house today was destroyed by an army of cats. <laughs> all right. During their conversation, Howard and Myron overhear a radio station advertising a competition for a Turbo Man doll. The ensuing fight between them results in the diner's phone getting disconnected. No, a fucking yeah, Sinbad rips it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, forcing them to race. Well, not really forcing them to race. They choose to, but the fucking diner owner just wants them to fuck out. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was surprised. The diner owner should be significantly more pissed off. <laughs> yeah. He just seems done with it. it, it I mean, at the same time, like, I guess... The radio station's right down the road. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess theoretically, a lot of those times, those payphones would be installed by the by like the phone company rather than the property of the diner itself. But like, still, that's probably going to be something that's going to affect his ability to conduct business because people are going to come for a phone call and then get a cup of coffee or whatever. So, you know, like it's not going to cost him money. It's just going to be something that pisses him off. So, yeah. I think this uh, diner scene is pretty good. I think like it establishes that the stakes are actually kind of meaningful. Um, like you you do feel bad for Sinbad not wanting to, you know, have his son feel the way that he felt about his dad. And oh, I just I, like, I just love the the cutaway to the fantasy se- sequence of Jake Lloyd <laughs> chugging like whiskey as a and like the 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 implication that like being a postal worker is the worst job anyone could ever <laughs> yeah. have. <laughs> This is, yeah, like, but this is oh, like man, right after the postal hobo, massacres. But at least he's not a postal worker. <laughs> like... <laughs> There's like multiple references to him being a terrorist, which is very funny and not something you would do post uh, 9-11 uh, at I all. Think, I, well, I think it's interesting because it's it's such a weird gag that like, like I feel like we've kind of shifted into a place where we'd be like okay with that again because it's such a weird specific type of terrorism that just doesn't happen anymore i mean like far enough away from like uh, you know the unabomber and like because like mail bombs were a thing around yeah but no one uses the mail anymore they use amazon so (laughs) they use it was ups and, and fedex and amazon Oh, the postal service! They're and so turns fucked. out bombs also just give you a kind of a black face and hair like you're in. Oh space. yeah, no, I, I I totally love how that how that bomb goes off and there isn't any serious bodily harm to anyone. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm talking about with like the total shifts in this movie of just sort of like how it regards like realistic depictions of injuries in this is just well, kind of like the, the cop gets bandages on his hands. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he hurt his hand real bad. He's, he's got like bandages. Wait, burns bandages. him on coffee? Yeah. Well, no, no. He already has the bandages when oh, he's carrying wait. the coffee. For some okay. reason, they sent him with his hands wrapped in bandages to go grab four cups of coffee. <laughs> like, the cop character, I think, is a lot of fun. I have to yeah, admit. No, I like, like him. <laughs> I think it's just so ridiculous. Well, I mean, especially because, like, 
like he's the one like he has a vendetta against Arnold Schwarzenegger and yet he's also like the only competent like member of the police in the entire movie because it's like every time we see the police it's like breaking up the Santa thing which he uses a fake badge to convince them that he's undercover cop and he's undercover why is he carrying his badge around anyway um and then you have like all of them legitimately believe that it's a that it's a bob i mean it turns out to actually be a bob but like he's the only one who can tell that like sinbad is clearly bluffing so oh then I, there's the cop at the end of like or towards the end of wow your kid's great in the show it's not a show it's like clearly it's not a fucking show <laughs> yeah. like like you're you're not gonna have a six-year-old climbing up all over this shit <laughs> Ah, oh, I love like you know. I like how inconsistent the police are in this. It's kind of like real life, yeah, with well, less dire consequences. Yeah, if it was like real life, they'd be shooting more. Yeah, yeah, more they bad have... stuff from it. Yep. <laughs> um, forcing them to race to the radio station on foot, where the DJ reveals to them that the competition was actually for a Turbo Man gift certificate. Um. Something Armal is the biggest asshole. <laughs> what? Before we totally got off the the cop, the actor who played him um got into a, a massive DUI in two thousand three. Oh, and then uh the guy died. Um, who he hit? Oh, like Oof. later from the injuries, like a lot from perforated ulcers. Oof, uh, damn. And then he died shortly after. Look. Hey, uh, hey! The crazy series of events. Yeah. Merry fucking Christmas, guys. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Martin Mall. Anyway. Yeah, Martin Mall. <laughs> Martin Mall's the DJ, Mister Ponytail Man. Why would you call him? Because <laughs> he has, a, he has a ponytail. Is that, is that his radio show name? I believe he is credited. In the he is listed in the credits as Mister Ponytail Man. Is my impression. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Uh, but he's just an asshole giving giving away a gift certificate instead of the actual doll now (laughs) did he lie does he say that they're giving away the doll he never mentions that it's a a coupon they're giving away on the radio ad yeah they're they're giving giving away a turbo man right i feel like he's he's walking into a false advertising lawsuit or a false competition or like i feel like what he's doing is like really really not legal but yeah. whatever well i mean it's sort of like the we're giving away a toyota yeah and it was it was a toy yoda yeah <laughs> toyota that's great <laughs> uh the police are alerted but howard and myron escape after myron threatens the officers with a seemingly phony letter bomb because it's already been established that you know he will just pull out a package and say it's a bomb yep uh, well, he he'd done it. He had done it like ten minutes ago. Like he does it twice in the movie, um, and they're kind of right back. They're back to back, but the first time it's revealed to be a music box, and the second time it's actually a bomb. Hilarious. After Officer Alexander Hummel, who Howard has run into several times already, investigates the package, only to have it detonate in his face, with no major harm except for some, you know, Mickey Mouse mitten bandages on the hands. Well, and then he gets his whole his hair all sticky uppy. So, oh yeah, his hair is all sticky uppy. Yep. Um. Upon returning to his suburban, Howard finds it stripped by car thieves, uh, which is kind of hilarious. Like it, it's it's such a dated joke, but like 
he parked in the wrong neighborhood and now he's got no doors (laughs) because selling doors for scrap metal is like yeah (laughs) i think they just wanted the doors to use as sleds maybe christmas time yeah it is christmas time um he takes a tow truck home all right and we don't really get a good look at her but looking at credits she played one of the Sarah Connors that he killed in the original Terminator. Yeah, it's no, also not interesting. The Sarah Connor, but yeah, yeah, one of the fake. Well, one of the people listed in the phone book as Sarah Connor. And yeah, the, right. yeah. Um, but it's also interesting that his car is towed home despite not having any tires, which doesn't actually work. So, yeah. Um, but that's that's just a fun continuity error because it really should be put on a flatbed truck, or you know, he'd need to pay for tires. For them to be able to tow it the way it's depicted but whatever they got a couple of spares to pop on there to be yeah. able to take it home <laughs> yeah uh but takes tow truck home where he finds ted putting the star on his family's christmas tree because that's his job he does that every christmas eve damn that's the ted one thing trying he to does step on his dick. In, in no other way <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, in retaliation, Howard starts to steal the Turbo Man doll Ted bought for his son Johnny, but can't bring himself to do it. Unfortunately, Liz catches him. Oh man, it like skips over him fighting a fucking reindeer. Yeah, it's really not mentioning that horrible reindeer puppet, <laughs> or that the yeah. reindeer's name is name is Ted to create a a hilarious double entendre when he calls his son. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, where's your mom? She's petting Ted. Uh. <laughs> um i do love all right so again it's sort of a reference to conan is him actually punching a camel for real in that movie and punching a reindeer puppet in this one Mm. you know little nods little nods yeah um unfortunately liz catches him in the act and howard is left alone while his family go to the christmas parade with ted and johnny uh i also kind of love like him just having a beer with a reindeer yeah uh which i can't remember what the brand is but it is like an old uh minneapolis or minnesota beer yeah i mean generally speaking i kind of like setting this in the 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 you know in minnesota like i guess they kind of fudge the fact of whether or not this is set in st paul or minneapolis but like generally speaking just setting it around the mall of america just seems like a hilariously appropriate like very pro-consumerist uh like nod in the film so oh yeah, I mean, they did actually film in the mall of america yeah and it was uh released exclusively a week early in the mall of america oh yeah they did the premiere there where he also um donated some of his personal merchandise to that planet hollywood oh this is my jock strap from terminator (laughs) (laughs) i did not wash it going to make it very appetizing to eat in my restaurant (laughs) (laughs) oh i wish planet hollywood still existed and that it was oh man there was so terrible frozen in the 90s with its dumb 90s memorabilia i mean it's kind of amazing that the hard rack cafe is still a thing um because like they're just as shitty as planet hollywood always was and they have music so loud you can't talk to each other so it's Mm -hmm. it's always kind of a weird experience to go to them but at the same time 
I, I get the food at Hard Rock Cafe is not terrible, and the food at Planet Hollywood kind of was, so that's a thing. I think the brand, if we're looking at them both as words, rock, like rock and roll is just a more powerful brand than Hollywood, you know? Well, yeah, because as you have all those Hollywood liberals that are just like, why the exactly. fuck would we go to a restaurant supporting them? Yeah. Go to their movies, though, and claim that we still hate them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you instead, they want to rock and have some yeah. mediocre mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Woo! I never these ate are, These are slightly less mediocre than the ones I'd get at TGI Friday. But cost <laughs> <Yeah>. like twice <laughs> <laughs> uh, After dropping off Jamie and Johnny, and I just want to take a second. I think it, like my single favorite moment in this is how like adorably dorky the two of them are when they get to like everybody in this town is just way too excited about this parade. But like yeah. the two of them specifically are just like adorably do- dorky when they get there with their like, yeah, and giving each other high fives. Yeah. It's like, I like that's that just so cute. It's such like it's... a sweet, pure moment, you know? Yeah, it has like there's something really charming about the like non antagonist antagonistic nature of their friendship which is just like you would never have ever it feels like now where it's just like oh they have to do some sort of sarky joke you know like or he's gonna make fun of this it's like it's just it's it it literally felt bizarre that they were just like two kids who (laughs) didn't have any problems with each other hey i enjoy being with in your company that was it yeah no i mean like i I love how like non-cynical his like like your parents you get a divorce line is there's a total lack of awareness of like how horrible that is yeah great oh but he just sees it as like i've gotten all this stuff yeah uh also presumably the other kid uh johnny is like six or seven as well right yeah, it's, it looks yeah, like he's kind of weird that yeah. the mom doesn't go off with the two kids. They just let the two six-year-olds go no, off they, into the parade alone. They, they specifically see they spot their friend Owen and his dad, and they're going oh, to hang okay. out with him. Right. Like okay. that, and there is a throwaway like ADR line of like, hey, kids, yeah, come join us. Like, Yeah, someone caught it in the edit, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that might have been a looked a bit weird. Yeah, Even but for like there, there is a line where they say that casual. like there's there's so and so and his there's so and so and his dad, and then there's a looped ADR line of like the dad like like hey kids let's get let's find a good spot in the parade or some bullshit you know so she's not a bad mom okay TJ Arnold Schwarzenegger is a bad father she's a totally yeah. awesome mom yeah. <laughs> that's the moral of this movie. <laughs> Back when I was a kid, we could fucking wander around on our own and, like, you know, not get killed, generally speaking. Disappear for three days into the woods, living off the land. (laughs) Oh, I, uh, you do you, TJ? That explains a lot. Um, but... Damn Lyme disease. I don't know. I I mean, I, I was also a fairly responsible kid, but, like, I was able to, like, you know, walk around by myself, like, it more not quite that age but you know not that much older yeah no, I mean, I like remember, five I remember... six years old i remember walking down to like the 7-eleven by myself no no you i mean know? i remember very specifically that like like um generally speaking whenever my parents went to the mall 
like they just like leave me in the toy store or, or with like the the like video game display that like mm. you know you could play whatever the hottest the newest video game was and it's just like yep i'm just gonna play this the entire time right. and then they'll come back and find me so yeah i mean I total freedom as well yeah. do whatever i wanted pretty much so so dan is that a valid strategy still for like if you're if we need to like drag you somewhere to keep you occupied for a bit I oh, mean, he's you got can... his phone. I got my phone. You know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you, that's right. You you play the dumb game that you he does it all the time for anyway. years yeah. and years and years. Yep. Yep. I've so got one fun. of those two now. Yep. <laughs> Everyone has their dumb phone game that they fucking hate that they play anyway. <laughs> Not yeah. me. Ah, oh, come on. You got to have like 2048 or some stupid bullshit game. I did years ago, but I gave up on that shit. Candy well, crush. You do, you do Angry puzzles. Birds. Yeah. I do puzzles. That's true. Yeah. And I play magic. Oh, I don't I play that. that for a while. Yep. Nerd. Oh, yeah. Nerd. No, I'm a massive fucking nerd. Come on. <laughs> uh, Ted attempts to seduce Liz, but she violently rejects him by dousing him. No, she bashes him in the face with a fucking uh thermos full of eggnog like one of those non-alcoholic eggnog yeah non-alcoholic eggnog get him nerd (laughs) um but like one of those you know old school heavy duty camping ones not like the plastic ones that we had as kids yeah not it's not it's actually gonna hurt us yeah now this is like massively progressive for both a Schwarzenegger movie and even a movie from 96. Oh no, I mean yeah. I love he the fact that he doesn't have to she... come in and Yeah, like, no, no, that Howard doesn't up. say that, that Howard doesn't like break them up is is actually a pretty good call this movie makes that especially for the time period is kind of rare. So Yeah, she know. feels like she's very very underdeveloped, but she at least kind of feels like a real She person. has her she has agency, which is something yeah. that like frequently female characters don't in movies, especially from this time period. Mm-hmm. So Meanwhile, remembering his promise to Jamie to go to the parade, Howard decides to attend as well, but runs into Hummel again. The resulting chase leads to Howard hide, hiding inside of a storage room where he is mistaken for the actor portraying Turbo Man and dresses in the high highly technological costume. Um, some pretty funny love... lines here from the guy. They're... Yeah, setting yeah. him up. No, I, I love. Well, I feel like the like, guy who's shooting brain activity. Like, yeah, he's awesome. showing brain activity. Is great. Yeah, uh, it almost like... almost killed the guy. It's yeah. it's totally safe. <laughs> I, I feel like the guy who's suiting him up, though, or like the guy who's talking to him while he's being suited up. It, it seems like the director was like, "All right, we want Michael Ian Black, but." for some reason we're not going for him so just do a michael ian black similar to like with curtis armstrong he wanted yeah. gilbert godfrey but got curtis yeah. armstrong and was like do a gilbert godfrey i mean it's very odd to have curtis armstrong in this role because literally he's in a scene and then he puts on a mask and you're just getting his voice like like as he for the rest of his performance of this it's it's like it's such a small role it's also just like that sidekick is hilarious in terms of how lame it is i mean i totally get the casting choice it's like uh the guy under the costume has to be like a scuzzy guy yeah curtis armstrong is a very top of the list for that kind of character you know um gilbert godfrey doesn't always doesn't like he can play that but like i don't think he always reads as scumbag or sleazy um, yeah i think Curtis 
Armstrong's like instant. This guy is meant to be that, and we don't have to think about it at all, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with us, like I think the first thing I saw him in was Revenge of the Nerds. So he's always just sort of associated yeah. with the character of Booger for me. Mm-hmm. Also hilarious when he gets thrown off. I really love that. It's like everyone hates Booster, and they'll just start beating him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think it's hilarious how how like Turbo Man sells out like nonstop, and then like the Booster dolls they cannot move. <laughs> like yeah. no one wants them. <laughs> And he oh, looks I mean, kind of like he looks kind of like Snarf from Thundercats, so it yeah. tracks like he's probably in the cartoon. And they show that they show the show at the beginning, don't they? Yeah, in, like, in, a, yeah. in a Rocky Speedo, yeah. But right. uh, like, even when Booster gets thrown off the float, just like the kids running up and just start kicking him, <laughs> it's great. Like, it's like, a really well done. Like, uh, like it's 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 comedically timed excellently. Like, uh, you know, they they nailed it some decent animatronics in that face too because like there are a few shots where that face is fairly expressive yeah yeah i mean it's yeah i think that face like i think the booster uh like stuff worked whereas like i think the reindeer puppet looked awful so yeah um it's a very expensive movie like 75 million in 96 yeah, well, well I mean, twenty million of that was Schwarzenegger. Like, we haven't gotten right, to the finale right. of this movie, but the finale of this had a lot of effects work that, for oh, the time, yeah. were super expensive, but look like shit now. So, um, uh, as Turbo Man, Howard uses his chance to present a limited edition action figure to Jamie, but they are confronted by Myron, dressed as Turbo Man's arch enemy, Dementor. Uh, oh, yeah, I do love how in the beginning for the TV show, it's Richard Mall playing Dementor. Come on, I always love some Richard Mall. What, what would I uh, know him? Oh, Harvey Dent in the old Batman? Yeah. Or uh, the, the tall, bald guy from um, Night Court. Yeah, I never got into Night Court, so I don't really know who Richard Mall is that well. Oh, I yeah. watched a bunch of it as a kid. It was like that and Murphy Brown. <laughs> I was a weird kid. I'm still a weird adult. Um, yeah. No, I mean, in that's where you're. We we've talked about your your love of horror films largely stems from watching horror films when you were way too young for that to be appropriate for you to be watching. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, despite Howard's pleas for Myron to stop, a long chase ensues involving a jetpack flight. Myron grabs the toy from Jamie, but is cornered by the police. Uh, I mean, it just sort of skips over the whole sequence there but yeah you know, i mean Jamie, it's always like climbing ladders the copy and like oh what a great show mr yeah. mole just passed away uh a few months ago so yeah i thought he died recently yeah well and then yeah this whole sequence though it's just like the the slapstickiness of the the jet pack in which like very clearly <laughs> she would die almost instantly if oh, this yeah. was actually a thing so uh, i mean the the bit where he's you know just spinning on a center point like the yeah. amount of g's that he would be under just doing that would make him black out and he would crash and die when he flies straight into a fucking brick wall and is just doing that constantly for what like seven seconds it's a very long amount of time it feels like neck spinal column snapped like oh no i mean there's just so much that's like super non-realistic it's very it's very looney tunes like you said porik yeah yeah for some reason uh every time i watch this movie and this is probably the third uh 
my mind like literally my eyes glaze over my mind turns off when this sequence begins it's like i mean oh, I don't the movie's over now and yeah. it's just like because it's just like noise and sound effects you know it's like yeah i mean and it's it's pretty I'm obvious gone. the direction that the ending of this is going so you're just kind of going through the motions with it it's also interesting like i feel like this sequence in particular like it's so ridiculous that they don't recognize him in the turbo man suit yeah like, <laughs> it's so it's... silly but like I, I also kind of feel like I, I like in a weird way it highlights like I wonder like I don't know if I think it's unlikely that that Disney or you know back then it would have been Marvel would have like licensed Iron Man to like be the Turbo Man character but like that would make more sense in a lot of ways because that is a mask that completely covers him and has relatively similar powers it's just you know Iron Man was not huge in 1996 um that's not until he gets his own movie 10 years later that he really takes off and it's also I just mean, sort of like i think the big thing is you want to have arnold schwarzenegger's facial reactions so mm -hmm. like you could have that right. like you know once the iron man movie came out and they ha have that void that that you know robert downey jr exists in when he's wearing the when we need to see his face in the suit like they could have done that technique but that technique didn't exist for another 10 years so 12 but yeah 2008 yeah whatever roundings yeah um pork it seems like you were start, trying to get a word in there uh i i blanked i i i, <laughs> I gave up I, I um other than oh yeah well i suppose uh having iron man like there's a lot of there's ancillary things that are there, you know, there's booster, there's like a lot of other they've created a little tiny thing for Turbo Man here, a little universe like I, I wouldn't want them to have to take someone else's thing. I'm, I'm glad that they made their own stupid knockoff of what yeah, was going yeah, on because, at, at the time instead of using a brand like. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, yeah, there are characters like Booster that don't have uh one to one uh analog, and uh, what are the stupid like henchman characters? Like, those are also just the comedically awful thing that yeah like, that exists. <laughs> They're kind of like the foot soldiers or the yeah. foot from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, or the like from Demon Squad, Power I Rangers. think was the name of them. Okay, yeah. They're they're awful and perfectly awful, especially because yeah. like like you know they're actors who are like in on it that should be able to like realize that this is going wildly off script <laughs> um, because like it's one thing with like booster is just like kind of prompting him and then gets knocked off the float and then is just out of it the rest of it but like they're actors who like knew what the script is supposed to be and like i feel like like the kid probably was like pre-selected and he very clearly didn't and pick whatever the like, like you make a wish kid who he actually was supposed to. So, but whatever. Oh, that just made it even more depressing, man. I mean, it's probably the case though. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. Ugh. All right. Well, Myron grabs the toy from Jamie, but is cornered by the police while Howard rescues Jamie. Howard reveals himself to his family and apologizes for his shortcomings. Officer Hummel returns the toy to Jamie while Myron is handcuffed. But Jamie decides to give the toy to Myron for his son, proclaiming his father as his true hero. Well, no, not his father as his true hero. Just his dad is in a fucking Turbo Man costume and he's six. So his dad's <laughs> Turbo Man. Uh, that's how it works i mean it's also just sort of like like i feel like i i'm kind of 
you know, on the one hand, I think it's probably good that the film doesn't go this way, but like, I, I feel like there's an opportunity for like Arnold Schwarzenegger to claim like this was his plan all along, um, instead of to try to make him look like less of a fuck up in front of his wife. Um, but like at the same time, I'm kind of happy that it doesn't go that way. So it's just like an opportunity to kind of like, like maybe try to play this off as like he had this grand scheme to do this is like big public display rather than just kind of like stumbled into it so that's why he's been working all those late hours and has been so busy with work because he's been training and practicing yeah where military grade hardware in a fucking wintertainment festival yeah, I love how Hooray. all of, of Turbo Man's weapons work. <laughs> like, not only does the jetpack work, but his boomerang works, and his like like whatever wrist rings or whatever the fuck they are, they work. Look, too. Turbo Man is made by Lockheed Martin. It's part of a <laughs> long con propaganda thing, so that kids will be able to get be... the kids comfortable with it <laughs> yeah, now. Get, yeah, exactly. It's like Call yeah. of Duty getting funded by the military. Same thing. Yeah, and then in twenty cool years they'll all the want to be Turbo Man wearing the suits while they invade whatever for whatever it was becky becky stanstein yeah for their unobtainium quote the late herman king afghanistan maybe sure yeah they'd be just in time yeah (laughs) perfect timing in my mind was going to pandora but oh nice yeah for for the unobtainium yeah Yeah. Yeah. gotta get that unobtainium Oh, Which I feel like so the sequel, like the sequel had an even more dumb name for whatever the thing was, and I can't remember what it was. I just remember thinking that's just even more dumb than Unobtainium. I just I'm shocked that the real. sequel. I, I'm so shocked that the sequel did as well as it did because it's just like it's all the stuff that people like whined about out in the first one, but doubles down on all of them. Like, yep. yeah, but it was like the first one was like one of the most successful movies of all time. So I know, like, I know, but everyone the whiners like, were a small amount of the group. Yeah, it, like it, they were not the audience of the. No, movies. I mean, but it's just like, I, yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's just that like vocal minority thing that happens of like the whole people that claim that like 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 i saw some article that was like big losers this year in movies diversity and it's just like um two of the like <laughs> like let's go through the big movies this year and it's just like yeah there were some that flopped but like i generally speaking the biggest movies of the year were barbie diverse cast uh, spider-man and uh across the spider-verse diverse cast um like even sound of freedom barely diverse cast most of the cast is hispanic like you know it's it's wow. just like diversity didn't wasn't a huge loser this year there's just like like there were a bunch of movies that didn't work that happened to have diversity in them so uh also like i i get annoyed about the unobtaining thing it's been an engineering term since the 50s okay it it's it's totally fine that it's in that movie even if it sounds a bit silly like they took it for a good reason i mean yeah but it still sounds silly um touched by jamie's act of kindness myron apologizes for his earlier discrepancies the crowd carries howard away in a hero's fashion as myron liz and jamie happily watch in a post credit scene, Howard finishes decorating their Christmas tree. I feel like this should have just been, like, the end scene before credits instead of a fucking post credit, but whatever. I like it as a post credit. I think it's a funny gag. Uh, Howard finishes decorating their tree later that night by putting the star on top. 
However, after kissing and hugging Liz, after kissing and hugging, Liz asks Howard what he got her for Christmas, and he realizes with a shock that he forgot her gift. Cue the sequel. Yeah, I I just love that like I I cut to his is like hammy as fuck reaction. Oh, and I forgot I, to mention Phil Morris as Gale Force, the uh, weatherman announcer with his like strong, strong mid-Atlantic accent. Like I've seen that actor. I, I've seen Phil Morris in like a bunch of things and that is not his voice, but like it is spot on. I also, love I love his, I love the name. Jackie Charles. Yeah, that's a good name. Yeah, Gale Force, the weatherman. Yeah, like it, it it's a on the nose joke. I love it. Um, fuck, there was something I was gonna say. I don't know. Phil, Phil Morris. Yeah, something about like something. something it's something gone. Dark side. Something. Something complete. My plan has almost come to fruition. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. Is there any like good trivia? about this movie not really which was surprising to me it just seems like they just kind of like threw this together really fast and generally critics hated it but but um and it also didn't really do that well at the box office but people still remember it existing uh does it have all right i was just going to check if it had a higher rotten tomatoes than um eight crazy nights and i think it just barely does yeah what was, what was eight crazy nights eight crazy nights is 13 oh this, this is, is 17 tw- this yeah. is 20 oh it's 20 okay. now it's it's a 20 percent right now oh, okay um and uh you know let's uh like i don't know i had more fun with this movie than i really any right to so oh yeah, yeah. way more fun oh like, I, it's, I, I... there's just something about how much schwarzenegger is leaning into the fact that this movie is ridiculous and going with it um, and I think, yeah, it's a good point because, like, I've seen some, you know, there's other ones and not one of the ones before this because those ones I don't like, but he is still kind of, he's locked into it. I just don't like them. But, yeah. like, later ones when he's kind of doing the PG-13 family movie, like, The Sixth Day sucks. Like, he just, like, he just feels, <laughs> like, really, like, out of pocket, you know? And this might be one of the last movies where it's, like, he seems, like... He's that kind of classic Arnold that everyone knows and loves before he kind of starts to drop the ball after this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like like I feel like like every like there's a breaking point that happens with like T three in which it's just yeah. like that was a movie that like I think he really wanted to like like working on and like it do well and it just like it fails in every way shape and form and then it just kind of makes him jaded for like a decade and he's like eh, maybe I should get into politics maybe I should just retire from acting I mean like more recently he had a series of failures even before then like because this is around like like you said uh, the sixth day there's also end of days which is fucking awful there was like something else in there I'm looking through them now. The, uh, the 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 late nineties were rough for him. Batman and Robin. Oh yeah, yeah Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. That's a disaster. Yeah. It is Collateral a disaster, damage. but it's a fun kind of a fun disaster. It is kind of a fun disaster. Oh, totally yeah. hilarious movie. I I kind of love it. Uh, yeah. Eraser. 
Yep, Eraser oh, yeah. is, is a very phoned in dull action movie. Yeah, yeah, I hate I hate Eraser. And that's like, you know, that's ninety-six, you know. That's the same year as this. Yeah, no, well, I mean that's the thing, is like Eraser really felt like they were trying super hard to like turn that into like his next big franchise and they yeah. just failed completely. So um yeah, that one sucks. But yeah, I mean I feel like more recently it seems like he's kind of refound his love for acting again, but like I feel like there's definitely um a period starting the late eight late 90s and kind of it lasting in through his political career in which he's just kind of like done with it so the projects are terrible though like yeah i i uh i i watched maybe four episodes of his netflix show fubar and it was rough really not into it at all like i can't really say that i've I've heard really good things about what's the one what's the the one with when his like like daughter's turning into a zombie. I heard really good things about that movie by that was like the the dramatic one. Yeah. Aftermath or Maggie. 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 Yeah. Um, like they were all pretty badly reviewed, all all these movies. I haven't seen that one. I can't I can't speak to them. Yeah, I haven't seen Maggie. I've heard really good things about it though. So I have not seen Maggie either. Me either, but that's probably not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, if anyone was going to see it here, it probably would have been me. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised mm-hmm. you haven't seen it, TJ. To be uh, it always hits my radar, and then I just don't watch it. Yeah. I've got a handful of movies like that that will be like, oh, yeah, I should watch that, and then I just don't. Um, Yeah, oh, Last we- Action Hero kind of just like puts the cap on it. For yeah, me. Last Action. Yeah. I think he was really disappointed by how poorly Last Action Hero was received. So, uh, which yeah, is so and it unfortunate because be I love that movie. That is a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it's you know I can see why it didn't connect. It's got problems. The kid is annoying. Um, one of the most annoying like kid actors. Like compare him to fucking. Uh, furlong is john connor and like this kid is so much worse so he he take you know there's elements of last action hero that don't work but it's actually it's got so much clever fun stuff in it you know it it, it is definitely underrated yeah uh the, the wintertainment parade was filmed at universal studios in yep. may so keep that in mind when you're watching all of the melting non-snow all over the ground and people in parkas well, I mean, that was the other thing is like most of this was filmed in like, I want to say like March in Minnesota or like, like it was like, yeah, you can still get away with claiming it's just a particularly like warm day um, in December. But like, yeah, this isn't like really what December looks like there. So. And then I guess they, you know, when they're in the Mall of America, it's just a, a bunch of like empty stores that they're like, can we fill this with Christmas crap to make it look more festive? So, but, but yeah, I don't know what you do with uh, old Arnold now. Like, to, I can can he be in something like that actually hits with everyone? Like a big. I mean, people liked him. Plastic? People liked him in the Expendables before they went to Expendables. So, he's not in that, I believe, right? Uh, he might make a cameo in the fourth one, but you know, people liked him in one through three. So, but everyone hates the fourth one. So, yeah, he's he's not in it. He he yeah. thought better. Yeah, I mean, I I I like him in that car commercial where he's like Zeus with Salma Hayek. It's not I'd, bad. I'd watch that movie. I yeah, kind of. Be... Oh, I was gonna say I kind of want him to do like in you know a movie where it's like, you know, he's a. Uh... Like, you know, 
action guy and you know he come you know he's old now but he comes back for one last job but he won't do it unless he can bring his goats <laughs> oh man like i would totally watch him as like an old man kratos but they would probably rather do a young kratos before they do like old man but i'm guessing that movie fun. is happening right there has to be a god of there war. has to be uh, there a has to be a god of war movie movie in the works. yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could just be stuck in development hell forever, like so many of those projects end up being. But I feel I, like it's been in development hell for years, but yeah. I think that they finally finalized the script and they're doing essentially an adaptation of the revival game that came out. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to it's probably going to be Prince of Persia quality and we know it. So, oh, uh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, I, speaking of like casting things, I hate that I'm here that like there's the rumor going around that Pedro Pascal might be our Mr. Fantastic because I don't like that casting at all. No. I don't care. I, I I feel like they're making a lot of mistakes with their with how they're approaching Fantastic Four. I think that they need to skew unknowns, but um, you know, I I think that they're nervous about marketing it with 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 unknowns. So, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to be concerned about with uh with Fantastic Four. But ultimately, I don't care because I never really cared about the Fantastic Four, which is the problem they're gonna frequently run into so i mean i'll see it but yeah I, I just really want it set in like an alternate universe that's like sort of 60s neo future that'd be and, fun and has like dana devito as the mole man yeah i mean generally speaking it's just sort of like like the 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 fantastic four movie that i want to exist already exists as the incredibles so what's the pretty point? much yeah <laughs> The director of it is like a very, very TV guy, but he's like a TV ringer. It's like, uh, comes so in it's to what? Do like, he's like Scott Buck, the guy who's constantly brought on to shows just to kill them. So, <laughs> no, I mean, he's on Succession, The Boys, uh, that new Monarch show, Game of Thrones, it's Always Sunny, a lot of Always Sunny. So, I think that must have been his main gig for a while. Director I mean, of what? Uh, can, can we can four. we just cast the oh. always sunny cast of the Fantastic Four? Yes, <laughs> here for it. <laughs> I'd be kind of down with that. <laughs> Make D and then thing. and then we still get Danny DeVito as Mole Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you still get Danny DeVito no, as Mole I, Man. You make yeah. you make Sweet D the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? And then you make Dennis the the Invisible Woman. <laughs> Uh yeah, you you make uh, Dennis the Invisible Woman. Yeah, yep. Because I feel, I feel like Charlie has to be Human Torch because he's going to be the one with likes lighting things on fire the most. Oh yeah, but... Wild Card. <laughs> yep. Which I guess that means that makes Mac your Mister Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna get into like fisting situations with his <laughs> long arms. And, <laughs> kind of... and he won't shut up about it. Yep. Yeah. Hey guys, we should pitch this to them. Write a spec script. Yeah, no, it's at least an episode. Um, they're all underneath the House of Mouse now, so yeah. And I don't recall them doing a superhero parody yet. Yeah, I mean, no, it's been a while just... since they've done a movie parody one. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of their Lethal Weapon parodies, they feel uncomfortable about um having available for audiences because of the blackface. So um, a lot of them are kind of hard to Did see. Did they now. take them down? They are not available on streaming. I think they're still in the DVD box sets, though. 
Yeah, so you can't so take them away from DVD boxes. Yeah, <laughs> unless they come to everyone's house and break them. Yeah. <laughs> you can pry my 4Ks from my cold dead hands, USA. Feels USA. literally like a Fahrenheit 451 situation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, jingle all the way. Uh, jingle all the way. <laughs> there was jingle like, all the way. Uh, Robert Smigel's like crowning achievement for me as a kid was his constant appearances on Conan as <laughs> with the mouth moving as which I brought up before I really recommend people will check it out but he would continue to be plugging Jingle all the way years after it came out <laughs> it'd be like 1999 you're about to go see my new movie Jingle all the way <laughs> well, I mean yeah there were so many great coded bits I also loved when you know after the year 2000 passed they continued to call their segment in the year, in the year 2000. 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Very good like that. Thoughts? Awesome. Feelings? I think we're I mean, wildly we off to topic. Verdicts, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we're about verdict time. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go. This movie's terrible, but go see it anyway. Why not? It's fun. It's silly. It's, you know, it works. It's like, it's... <laughs> it's hard to defend you know <laughs> i don't really know why i like it other than i just love these two lead guys uh yeah. and like and i honestly don't really like sinbad usually but i think he's excellent in this he's like really putting a lot of work in to make this character like likable like this is probably one of the best performances i've seen from him um and uh yeah you know it's like it works against uh all odds uh to be a pretty fun christmas movie see it uh, I'll go next. I more or less echo that sentiment. Like, this is a movie that, yeah, is not well put together, well written, or anything like that. Like, it by all rights shouldn't work. But you know the the way that the 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 casting combined with how they the the actors you know play their roles, like it just it just fucking works for some reason. Like. I actually hadn't seen this as a kid. TJ showed it to me, I don't know, sometime, what, like five years ago-ish, maybe? Uh, I think when we were, like, living together, maybe. Something like that. It was somewhere in the last 10 years, anyway. And, uh, you know, I I enjoyed it then, you know, I I guess, you know, to my surprise and delight. And, you know, I still enjoyed it this time. It's like, it's, it's, dumb and like yeah there's a lot of tonal shifts but like i feel like that's why it works because it doesn't take itself too seriously like it's just a fucking blast you know it's like it's it's great see it oh yeah. holly yay holly yay <laughs> yeah i mean i'll go i mean like yeah i'm kind of in the same camp like i like I have so much fun with this and like to an extent like yeah you can place it in that like so bad it's good column but mm -hmm. like I I just I just have fun watching this it's just really stupid it take it doesn't take itself that seriously at all and it just as a result ends up kind of working for me so so yeah right. it's a, a holly a all right um yeah, I mean, I'm just going to fucking echo pretty much everything you've already heard. I don't know how high on the see it I am, but it's still worth watching to me. Um, you know, again, mostly Phil Hartman and 
its Looney Tune-esque vibe. Um, God damn it, I was thinking something. Dial tone. Yeah, I, I'm just getting nothing right now. But it, it's still it's still worth watching. It's oh, and it's a nice breezy 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it, and it, it moves fairly quickly too. It doesn't give you enough time to like really stop and think about anything because it just uh, all right, so here's our setup, here's him find trying to find the doll, here's him, you know, fighting Santa's Here's him, you know, coming to his like coming to Jesus moment with Myron and then everything breaks down. And then we have like the 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 parade done. Movie's yeah. over. Well, there's also his like I, realization when he's stealing the toy from Johnny as well. Of just oh, sort yeah. Of like, this isn't this is the right thing to do. Like, you know, there's like this I, is I like, not in the holiday spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, that's the thing is it's like there's there's like I, I think there was like a desire for this to be like like more cynical or something like that and it's just like yeah it doesn't really nail any sort of satire on commercialism but it is and like there's things to be said about the fact that it's just like like yeah the only way that he can show his love for his son is by buying him a toy like like, you know it's like like there's there's I mean, gift giving is a is a love language, but like there there are uh, there are other ways of showing that. So I don't uh, think this is a good movie to show to children <laughs> at all. Like I think all of its messages are fucked. But this but, is like the know. overwhelming messages that we were getting as like oh yeah in the nineties. It's like, hey kids, you need all of this shit, or you will literally die beg your parents like you yeah. know slash their tires you if they don't get it thing, for you'll be you a fucking loser yeah, yeah. yeah. buy Everyone... me bone storm or go to hell <laughs> uh that's a great episode it's been a while since i've seen that one it's a classic it is a good uh look into the same uh idea of early fomo now we live in a world of constant fomo but it used to be that it was more of a kid exclusive thing we used to use to torture kids but now it's just all life at all times yep yeah. um but Let's yeah go back sweet. to just torturing the kids guys huh <laughs> Woo! yeah i mean well, in, well, that's there, the thing. there's a the, smarter the people version. in control still think see us as kids because they're oh we are in because control. we are in fact well because boomers won't yeah, retire yeah. ever so like that's that's kind of their their issue but yeah i mean it, it's generally i i think that you could you could have a movie that has like a commercial like an anti-consumerism anti-commercialism message but i think that it's there's a real danger of that veering into super preachy territory um that i'm happy that this film doesn't do because like as much as people claim they love the charlie brown christmas special oh my god is lioness preachy like so i think they do a perfectly fine amount you know like and and as you get older you can see like oh that was actually kind of like a a clever takedown you know it's yeah but like we're not going to this for uh a a diatribe on marxist politics you know yeah yeah we're not going to this for some like yeah for for some deep deep message we're going to be entertained and i was entertained yes uh, there's wow, a sequel Dan to this movie that doesn't be entertained exist. sometimes. Yeah, we're we're pretending the sequel doesn't exist. It doesn't have any of the same cast, so what it's it's a sequel name only. What's the point? Well, it's yeah, got Larry the cable guy playing a character named Larry. Mm. Oh boy. 
Sounds he's great. not a cable guy. I think he's a plumber in it. Um, truck driver. Well, I mean, it's interesting oh, because, because as Larry the Cable Guy is actually like, you know, that's not uh, his, like, oh, that's not character. his real voice. It's the character he plays. And like, mm-hmm. honestly, the character was initially, I think, Dan the Plumber um, that he kind of morphed into Larry the Cable Guy. So. Yeah, he's from Nebraska. Yeah. But yeah, all right, sweet. It's a unanimous Holly Gay on this, I guess, Christmas classic. But this is worth calling a classic. Yeah. We are being so much nicer to this movie than it probably deserves, but hey. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I I feel like after last week, you know, we had to have something that we, like, don't hate on. Yeah. (laughs) What is Christmas if you are not hung around the tree? (laughs) Like me, Arnold. I do a very bad Arnold voice. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Well, we all do bad Arnold. Do good Arnold voice. <laughs> no, Arnold is, is perfect. Good. Yeah, Horrocks no, is really good. Actually, it's not. I can, I can, I can access but it yours sometimes, like, but I blow it a lot. But yours is like funny good, or like you know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah, like an impression, impression. Yeah. <laughs> not, not anything accurate to the real thing. Well, the other thing that's just funny. Who's your dad? Like, what does he do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if you're doing a Schwarzenegger impression, people generally get it, even if it's terrible. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they know what you're going for. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, it was definitely like why I watched this randomly a couple years ago because I just started like I don't know. I think it was after I saw Predator for the first time. It was quite late in my like sometime in my mid twenties, and then it was just like I just fucking this guy. I love listening to his insane voice. I love when he's going wow wow all the time, like. <laughs> like when he's being choked and he had and it's in every movie even they're like really well regarded critical ones like you know like total recall there's always going to be a bit of him going wow, wow, wow. i mean oh, i always think it's, I always think it's very recall. amusing that, yeah i mean like I, you know his breakthrough role is the terminator in which it's a role that like i is very aware of the fact that his voice is ridiculous and, and like I, you know hard to take seriously and then you know and then they kind of in all those movies like they either lean into the fact that that it's hard to take seriously or they just like hope that you ignore that fact <laughs> so. yeah we don't get that enough these days take yeah. more chances hollywood on people with weird voices who just <laughs> seem out of place wherever they are it's more intriguing to me I mean, Tommy Wiseau is like yeah. kind of the best thing of, about best fiends. Tommy, Tommy Wiseau <laughs> yeah, in MCU. Yeah, he 100% when. is. <laughs> I want Tommy Wiseau to be in like Ant-Man 4 or whatever. That would that might, get, <laughs> might be able to get me back on side. Tommy Wiseau for the next <laughs> battle. He should he should replace Doug Majors as Kang. Yes, oh, oh that would God. Be so yes! Good. yes. That would be 10 movies. <laughs> I will go. I will go. I there's a full investment back into the MCU if they Yeah, do I was that. gonna say now that's how you fucking reinvigorate the MCU. Yeah. Just replace like all of the actors with like low weirdos from random places. <laughs> like just pick people from trauma movies and you know, just like wherever you can find them and, co- and spend like ten million dollars on it. So it's like it, it has, you know, just enough to look like a real movie. <laughs> Oh, it's too bad that James Gunn isn't with uh, Marvel anymore because Lloyd Kaufman as like Uatu the Watcher would mm. be kind of hilarious. Well, Gunn is bringing that energy to Peacemaker, like yeah, that you know, and I see him doing a movie that has that kind of, and and even Guardians has a bit of that where it feels both low budget and high budget at the same time. 
you know, just by using like real cool, but like puppets that are, you know, out outlandish, but look awesome. You know, like a lot of that in Guardians, which I love, like it all. Well, it's really... a lot of like knowing what effect, what reaction are you going for? And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's been a major problem kind of specifically with the MCU, but just blockbusters in general of just sort of like, like we have all this CGI that just exists and we're not really going for any sort of specific reaction to it. Mm. Um, and that's a mistake. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's the benefit of, I think, a lot of the time using practical effects because I think you get a much stronger reaction, especially as we've been massively desensitized to uh, CG. So. Right. All right, we're so off the rails again. Yep. Yeah. Let's, let's let's wrap this shit up, folks. Dan, you got a webcomic, right? Yep, yep. You can check out my webcomic with fetus.com. Woo. Woo. Pork, you review movies somewhere, right? Yeah, criticer.com slash Marlurk. I watched dumb mo- dumb money. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. too bad. I kind of wanted to see that. I mean, I'll... some other people like it. You might like it. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't work for me. I knew I think I might have known too much about the true story. The the release date made me nervous that it was bad, but I really like the cast. So it's well made. I just think it's yeah. too bullshit. Like it's just like imagine taking a story and just like I really don't like the angles that they took to tell it because it just feels like horseshit to me. It's probably my reaction. It might be my reaction to Moneyball. Like it's like is, yeah, we really beat Wall Street. Is, uh, like, like people really like the movie, but uh, but yeah, the Moneyball the book is far more interesting in my opinion. So, but whatever cool emily we've got a podcast another podcast right yeah we do it occasionally does stuff it will be doing stuff again soon i swear uh might have already done stuff before this whatever anyway go find it and love it and we are new your new overlords it's called new england beer reviews and uh i repeat we are your new overlords so go to patreon and give of us money for that and also this cool um we've been cedar screw it i've been tj alongside emily dan and porik you can check us out on facebook x you can see what i'm watching at letterbox.com backslash s-i-o-s-i as long as i remember to update it that's the initials of our show cedar screw it uh speaking of the initials of our show you can also give us money at patreon.com backslash s-i-o-s-i although uh uh this last week's fucking Cody Shody shows how uh, good that stuff is. Um, but hey, maybe somebody out there will want to give us money to hear us talk. Uh, Yay. That'd be sweet. We're awesome. Um, I don't know. Anybody got a good last word? Final word? Get it's Matatuma. <laughs> it's turbo time. Put the cookie down. <laughs> all right, all those words. Don't like, fuck it, my it, wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh bye. 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 bye.